this is happening. Like this is happening now. Like you did this and they're playing the anthem for the United States of America because you won the gold medal for the United States of America, which saying that to yourself in that moment, I feel I feel like for me it was it was the pause moment that you don't really get the rest of the regatta. Welcome to the other three years, a show for anyone who has an Olympic-sized dream they want to turn into a reality. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Other Three Years podcast. This week is a super fun episode. I interviewed my Orion rowing teammates who just got home from the Pan Am Games, which were in Santiago, Chile, but they were actually in Concepcion, which I think I'm saying correctly, which was, I believe, like an eight-hour drive or a one-hour flight, which I think is what they opted for. They were in like a satellite village racing. Pan Am Games, I think, ended just like yesterday. Basically like a mini Olympics. Somebody told me it's the second biggest sporting event in the world to the Olympics. It's bigger than the Winter Olympics. I don't know if that person lied to me, but I've told that fact to quite a few people. So I hope it's true. Actually, my notes say that it's the largest multi-sport event in the Americas where the best athletes from all over the continent compete. It's from the U.S. Rowing Press Conference. I I stole it from them. So yeah, my teammates were in a lot of different boats classes, and they all won some of their races or came in second. They crushed it. In total, the U.S. rowing contingent won 10 medals over the five-day regatta, which is the best performance the U.S. rowing team has had since 1999. And the U.S. and Chile tied for total medals, but the U.S. had more gold medals, so they won the medal count, which is really awesome. So my teammates and I just talked about what their experience is like, what it was like preparing for the event, what racing was like, and kind of what it meant to them to to race there. And it was super fun. We had four of them on, Maddie, Veronica, Kate, and Hannah. It was really great. But before we get into that, here is what's going on currently in my training. I am just kind of in Saratoga training right now. A bunch of my other teammates are getting ready for the fall speed order, but I'm not going to that. So I've just been kind of training. A lot of meters and a lot of miles. It's getting a little chilly. We've had to break out our pogies, which, if you don't know, are rowing gloves that you, they sort of look like mittens, but they have holes in them so that you can put them around your hand and around the oar and then your fingers don't get cold. But it is definitely sort of winter here in upstate New York. Yeah, training's been going pretty good. It's really fun having everyone home. There's so many people out on the water, which is slightly overwhelming, but also really nice. And I actually think everyone's been doing a really good job just kind of going with the flow, realizing that there's like 12 of us and we need to be like flexible, which is really hard to do because we're all really high achieving type A people. So I think I've been really impressed with the group. Last week, one day we went out in like three, four person boats, which is just really awesome that like we have that many people and that we can do that for a whole practice. This weekend, I went to a little like mom's weekend with my mom and my aunt and my cousin because they both turned 60 this year, which was super fun. And I'm really happy that I did it. It was just, I don't know, it's important to do stuff with your mom. Everyone should call their mom. But now, yeah, back, back to training. Another good week ahead. Today was like really ridiculously beautiful water all day. It was insane, actually. Like the water was just amazing. And it was really funny when we were coming into our last like 2K of our morning practice, Kat was like, 
it's like cutting glass, they say. And then he's like, although if you've actually ever cut glass, it's not a very peaceful process. It makes a really horrible noise, <laughs> which was funny. Just happy to be here in Saratoga and getting in some good miles. And now it's time for my round table, you could say, with um, my Ryan Rowing teammates who just got back from Pan Am Regatta. So I hope that everyone really likes it. They've all also done an excellent job sharing social media content from lots of amazing photos and videos and stuff. So we'll be sure to like tag their accounts and stuff so that everyone can see all the great content. This week on the podcast, I have some of my Orion teammates that just got back from Pan Am Games, which is really exciting. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. It was so exciting watching you. Like, I can't even begin to explain how close all of their races were and the funny things (laughs) that we were doing watching these races back here in Saratoga. It was overwhelming and really fun. Well, one time it was happening when – because there's like an hour time change, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So one time we were riding our bikes into the boathouse, and Kat's new bike helmet can play sound. So I literally thought he was listening to a podcast. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, he's like, I'm listening to the Pan Am Games. And then when the race was on, he, like, pulls it out of his pocket, and we're literally, like, watching it while biking. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa. And then some of the girls watched it on, like, a Fitch run, and we – many times he got the time change incorrect, so we were still on the water. So he's, like, giving us a hilarious, like, play-by-plays. Oh oh <laughs> yeah, so. Aww. But it was very exciting. So I thought the first thing we could do is just, like, a little bit of a bio. So just, like, name, where you're from, um, how long you've been rowing, maybe, like, how long you've been in Saratoga, and what events you raced at Pan Ams. Kate, would you like to begin? Yes. So my name is Kate Horvat. Mm-hmm. I've been rowing since 2010 when I started in high school. Um, took a year-and-a-half break Thought I was totally done, uh, 2019 to 2021. And I came to Saratoga June of 2022. So it's been like a year and a half, kind of crazy, flown by, but also felt like forever in some ways. Not going (laughs) to lie. And at Pan Am's, I was the stroke for the women's quad, and I was five seat in the women's eight. Yeah. My name's Veronica. I started rowing 2012, sophomore year of high school. And then I rowed at college, and then I've been here since 2020, so about three years. Oh, and what oh, events did you race? I was in the double, the quad, and the eight. Hi, my name is Madeline Folk, a.k.a. Maddie, which is my nickname. I'm from Long Beach, California. I started rowing at my sophomore year in community college, but I didn't row in college. I rowed privately in my boat club and took like a five-year break and then came back 2020. And I've been with Ryan for... For a year. And it's really weird. It feels like I've been here for two years. Um, and my events in the Pan Ams, I was stroke seed in the double, third seed in the quad, and four seed in the eight. Hi, I'm Hannah. Um, I am from Lyme, Connecticut. I have been rowing for 15 years. Um, I started as a middle schooler, um, which we call mods in the state of New York. Um, and I've been with Orion for three years. I think actually exactly three years in like a day. I came right after the head of the fish um, in 2020, which was also not quite the head of the fish because 2020. But I raced in the women's pair. I was bow. And then in the women's four, I stroked. The women's eight, I was stroke seat. And then in the mixed eight, 
I wrapped uh, a very chirpy two-seat. Um, and Hannah's, like, third day with Orion, we did, like, a 6K. We did. And she's like, I PR'd on my 6K. <laughs> and I was like, man, this training plan has never worked so fast. <laughs> you know, it was the power of friends. I had been training in my garage for the entirety of 2020. And so I arrived and Kat was like, this will be great. And it was so much better than erging alone. So it was a great three-week trial period. Yeah. No, it was fun. I remember. That was great. That's okay. Neither, neither did I. It's an anomaly. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that it would be fun to just like get everyone together. Um, another one of our Orion teammates, Lauren Miller, also raced at Pan Am. So we had a really uh, big Orion showing, which was like really cool. I thought maybe we could just give a little bit of background because you guys had to go to like a qualification regatta as well. And I think for some people, um, like my parents, it, it was a little bit, and me, it was a little bit confusing. So maybe just, uh, Kate, if you could explain like the qualifying process and and kind of the team process, because there's a lot of like doubling up, which is not super common. Like in our sport, we normally just race in one yeah. thing. So Yeah, totally. Um, I guess actually I'm going to start with the U.S. portion, just because I feel like people have asked me that too, like how was the Pan Am team, team chosen like domestically? So actually last November, so a year ago, um, there was Pan Am trials in uh, lovely Mercer, New Jersey. And the way that the selection worked is that like the person who were all scholars, so I guess I can speak to like, the sculling side of it, like the top women's single got to be the women's single for Pan Am's. The next two people, so the second and third place from trials got to be the double. And then the fourth place person would fill into a quad made up of the previous three people plus a fourth person. And actually you were at the regatta, but how it worked out was that pretty much most people declined, like basically in the A final declined their invitations just because in terms of schedules, I guess it didn't line up with, I guess like world selection and stuff like that. So Grace did take the single bid. Um, but then I think like yourself, Lauren, Sav, other people who made the A final declined their bids. So then it basically fell into this area of like, the next place people plus like whoever Yosi, who's the high performance director could choose who he wanted. So Maddie and Veronica placed such so that they then became the double. And then after that, it was kind of like, who did he want to bring on to this team based on the finishes from those trials? So that was how like the U S squad got chosen. Um, and it was made up of 21 people total. Like you had women who were doubling up men who were doubling up and then one coxswain Colette who ended up doubling or tripling in women's eight, men's eight, and the mixed eight. So each federation, then we get to like the international part, each federation was only allowed 21 people total. And then to actually qualify for the games themselves, we had to go to this qualifier regatta in April. So that's kind of, it was like a, a pre-Pan Am showing, which was kind of fun because you got to see all the teams that you raced. We got to kind of see like where we stacked up in each event, got a little preview for like what would be you know, the Pan Ams that just happened. And so from that, boats either, you know, qualified or didn't. So like, let's take the women's quad, for example. They only took top five quads from that event. So I think there was like eight that countries entered a quad. Um, and so after a heat and a final, just the top five got to go to the actual games. So each event kind of was that way where it was heats, finals, and there was a cutoff based, I guess, on the, either the number of boats or I, I'm, I'm not really sure exactly how each event was based, but 
that's like the general gist. I think just like in perspective, the having a athlete entry cap is like different than like any other international race that we go to. So that's yeah. a pretty different thing. I thought it was really fun to be honest. No, like, I it think was it is super cool, cool because yeah. like you had people where I was like, hey, or like my I was like, hey, I'm on the quad. I'm gonna go sweep in like a day. Yeah. And I gotta like get ready for it. So it was it was really, really cool to see people being able to be so flexible, but also being able to be so flexible and still be so successful. Um I thought that was really like fun and I think it also contributed to really good team camaraderie we were there like mm-hmm. everyone was cheering for each other because you were in all these different boats there was so much going on I think everybody knew that it was much more of a group effort than I feel like any other regatta is because there's just so much overlap like you're racing with boys like the mixed eight it was so fun to watch <laughs> and I was so jealous I wasn't in it <laughs> because like what other event do you get to like I don't know race with friends that you never ever get to be in a boat in with I mean, 100%. I feel like that kind of segues pretty well into, like, my question for Veronica, which is just, like, about the actual racing format because it's also a pretty condensed, like, race schedule. Veronica, like, can you just share kind of how long the competition was, like, how many times you were racing and what, what that was like? For the Pan Am Games, there were less races than there were back in April because I think for the quad we had a heat and then a rep and then the final. And then... For the doubles, we also had another semi that we didn't have, which I think still existed, but because we were the top two of our heat, we got to slide past that. But yeah, I think it was, for us, we had our first heat on Saturday for the double, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they were all A finals. (laughs) So like, it was pretty crazy. It was really cool, and I'm glad we didn't have more than one a day. But I remember before the first A final day, Yozi was like, he sent out a message to everybody, like, to keep it short and like polite and just kind of like if you do do well like don't waste any time like yes enjoy it be happy but like check it off then kind of move on to the next one (laughs) which I thought was really good advice because you know you like when we got gold in the quad like it was so much fun it was so cool but I had to make sure that okay now I need to go eat I need to go stretch because I still have another one tomorrow and I want to do this again and again I mean it was definitely a lot of racing in a very short period of time I feel like my like at Worlds, the racing was so spread out. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> like, literally, we had, like, a week in between our oh races. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. I think God. I a luxury. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Which I prefer. Like, at World, racing at World Cup was, like, the best because there was no time to get nervous. Like, you're yeah. saying, you just had to do the next thing, and you couldn't even think about – like, there was no time to think about the race. And you were tired because you had raced, so you slept. Whereas, like, when you have a race on Monday and your next race is until Friday and – that's a really high stakes race on Friday. You just like, and you're doing 30 minutes of rowing a day. You're like, oh my God. No, that's awesome though. Hannah, how did you feel like, just a little bit about like the way you guys were doing prep because we had, you know, we obviously all row together, but you guys were all in boats with like people from different HP clubs and it wasn't a super like, Sure. The qualifier was definitely different from the actual games. In the qualifier, as Kate mentioned, the race was kind of in the middle of a lot of other domestic racing that was going on. So the February winter speed order was just a month or two before, and then they had the trials for the single and the pair. 
like the first week of May and the qualifier was in April. So a lot of people were just focusing on those domestic races and making sure that their kind of like portfolio of results was lining up for world selection. And so like we didn't practice the women's four until we arrived. And even then, because everyone's doubling up, like uh, at the time it was Isa and Preto that were the women's pair. And that was also a big priority for the squad. And so we arrived and we we're like, okay, finally we're all together. Uh, half the boat was from Penn AC, half the boat was from Orion. And it was kind of like, oh, well, we also have to practice the women's pair. And so it definitely felt like this is just a baseline showing of everyone's speed. Some boats had been practicing together, like the small boats obviously had a little bit more time together, but those big boats, we didn't even have the women's eight or the mixed eight as an event yet. So the qualifier is definitely a different vibe and different training mentality. Like I remember Miller and I were like trying to get in a lot of volume actually, um, as people that were only racing in a heat in a final, we were like, okay, well we have to like nail our 2k test when we get back and then at the actual games it felt like most people actually had their entire focus on the games a couple of the boats the men's pair grace and like those guys were coming back from world so that was a little different setup obviously it's tough to like peak and then peak again for the women's four like from my experience the four of us were all kind of coming from a similar position we all kind of ramped up for july for like the world selection and then had a couple of weeks off or traveling and then basically the coaches were like okay how do you want to prepare and we were like what do you mean how do we want to prepare like usually that that comes from the coaches right and so they really made sure that we were prioritizing like the fall season as a time for us to like really feel ready for the upcoming year, knowing that Pan Ams isn't the end for most of us. And so we kind of like had different phone calls between the four of us and met over Zoom and had a text group going of like what things we had going on. A couple of people had different conflicts, like uh, Miller had a wedding. I wanted to go see Noah Khan. Issa wanted to go to a Boy Genius concert. And so we kind of worked out a schedule and it was, I'm like really proud of it, to be honest. Like the collaboration of like the women's force specifically just that's the one I was involved in but we all really like made it work and everyone got time at home and everyone got time working with the coach that they were comfortable working with we got to work with Lori from my college days um, at Princeton and that was really special for me and everyone kind of got to come together in different ways and then I know like Maddie and Veronica you guys had been working together for a long time and then when we got to the actual event it was really fun because the women's eight was added I think a month before the program was set to start it was a really late addition they'd never had a women's eight before so that preparation was kind of non-existent we had one practice row that was like 8k I think and all the scholars were absolute champions from the quad coming in um like, I didn't see anything because I was sitting in the stern, but like, it felt really good and I was really stoked about it. And then the mixed date, we practiced once as well. And honestly, I'm kind of grateful that we went to the rep in the mixed date because it allowed us that one more opportunity to put some things together and like figure out what we were executing. Um, but that's kind of what the preparation looked like. It was creative and I think pretty admirable from all the athletes that just kind of did their best to set everyone up for success. Super cool to like be collaborative. And I think it's really nice 
like to have some autonomy in like what you're doing, you know. We were obviously I was sad cuz you guys left like right when I got home, but that's okay. I was happy that <laughs> I didn't take it personally. Yeah. So Maddie, can you talk a little bit about like the venue like being in Chile and just like what you liked about it or maybe what you didn't like about it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, first and foremost, my most favorite thing about the venue was just like the scene of like the race course. There's like mountains all around, especially when you go to the starting line of the race. There's just so many like green mountains. I'm a huge sucker for those type of things. So it was kind of hard for me not to get too distracted and look up and be like, oh my God, this is so great. And then just go back to, you know, focusing on the race. But yeah, just like every single part of that race course was just, was absolutely breathtaking, especially when I go to practices with both the quad and also the double and even the eight, there's like so much culture behind it. And that's what I liked about it. And the only thing I didn't like about it was uh, there were many potholes in the places where (laughs) you go on the... They have, like, the Jumbotron, oh. and there's, like, so many tents where, like, sell, like, you know, food, or there's kids coming around asking us for autographs. There just there was just a lot of potholes, and unfortunately, my mom actually tripped in one of those and actually broke her foot. Oh, my gosh. But she's fine now. She's fine now. But every single time I get off the pony, I had to, like, look <laughs> on the ground because, like, I do not want to step on it and just, like, break my foot. <laughs> Because I had, like, so many races to do, and it would be absolutely horrible if that happened. But, yeah, besides of that, breathtaking course and just just everything about Chile was just, like, absolutely amazing. Just me just being there representing Team USA and also being my first Pan Ams to, like, actually compete. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad we're not the only rowing venue that has pot. That makes me feel better. <laughs> um, Kate, kind of, <laughs> kind of similarly, what is like, was there any kind of fun, unexpected stuff that you can share that we wouldn't? That you wouldn't necessarily. Us being at home wouldn't know? <laughs> for the fans. Um, for the fans. Do it for the fans. <sighs> fun, unexpected things. Okay, well, actually, so when we were... This is, like, not related really to the race course, but just, like, being in Concepcion. Oh, yeah, so that's just another clarification. So the games are in Santiago, and we were in Concepcion because of the race course available to us as rowers, just to as a clarification. Satellite village. Yes, yes. And actually, we found out later that, like, there was a lot of COVID going on in the Santiago village. Huh? And so I was like, hmm, maybe dodge that bullet. But mm-hmm. anyway, so we, you know, we're staying this really, really nice hotel in Concepcion, and there's this big park, like, two or three blocks away from it. And so I actually ended up taking a lot of walks, like, just in the evenings, after dinner, before dinner, through the park. Really beautiful, like, really just stunning light. Everybody's out. It was just so fun to see kind of the community just, like, out in this park. It feels like people use the public spaces a lot more than we do in the U.S. But kind of the interesting, funny thing is that actually the dogs are really well-behaved and trained and all off-leash. Like, most of the dogs are off-leash, and they don't come up to anybody. And I think it's because nobody reacts to them. Like, you do not pet another person's dog. And so none of the dogs are reactive. So you have, like, all these dogs just kind of, like, living their life walking around and won't ever come up to you or beg or anything. And I was like, this is incredible. I was like, this is the – this is I, the, we don't have this in the U.S. at all. It was – it was cool, I thought. That is a and good, strange. that's a, no, that is a good bit, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I think actually this, so the other thing I would say is, and this might actually be kind of obvious, but I think for me it was just different experiencing it, 
is linguistically being in the minority. Like everybody spoke Spanish or you know por- Portuguese or some you know Spanish dialect, and so I think being somebody who, you know, like I took Spanish in school, but I am not a super fluent Spanish speaker at all, and being like the English speakers there, like us kind of and the Canadians, um, at least in our kind of like hotel and, and on the race course and stuff, like I think that was a really healthy experience. I think that we don't get that. And I think that, you know, I'd love to hear about like your experience at Worlds with that because I get the sense of like most people speak English, maybe not. But I it was really like stepping back and looking at it, it was really cool to be the outlier in that sense um, where you were kind of like, the one or two delegations that, like, couldn't communicate, yeah. weren't, weren't kind of, like, in with everybody else. And I thought, like, that was healthy. I feel like sometimes, Amer- I, well, in my experience, it seems like Americans expect everyone to know English. Right. And, you can, <laughs> like, that's so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's so wrong. But I was, like, and it just, I think. Well, that, a lot like, of people do know English. It's not, like, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, I just, it, yeah. it was different to, like, feel that because you can know yeah. that. But then being there and being, like oh, my God, I, I need to figure out this language so that I can communicate because, like, it yeah. is the onus is on you yeah. to do that. Yeah, no, totally. So that was cool. That is cool. Did you pick any up? Hannah, I'm going to throw you a curveball and ask you a question that I didn't ask you on my sheet. She's like, I've had a stressful day. I can't this. <laughs> no, she's not a great day. She's going to What were your biggest, like, takeaways from the racing, and how do you feel like the Pan Am experience, like, has helped you in, in your rowing career, both, like, the racing and the prep and everything? I feel like the biggest take, I have never had more fun racing than I did during Pan Ams. And like part of that comes from, right, like the the boats that I was in did pretty well and it's fun to do well. But just like hopping into a boat and lining up and trusting one another, because it really fell down to like a lot of trust, right? If you had any glimmer of doubt in yourself or in your teammates in whatever boat you were racing in like that would like come to show and so you just kind of walked into every race like brazenly trusting every single person and like I don't know you have Mark turning around like let's go and you have like Hedge just screaming at the start line like just like silly things about energy that made racing really fun and I feel like that's like my biggest takeaway because I think a lot of times, especially in like the high performance world of rowing, it's what you do day in and day out to do is to get to the race starting line. And that can be a lot of pressure. And so I'm going to try to hold on to like the fun of racing that was Pan Am's. And I think it was super special also to like, yes, there's that language barrier. Rowing is rowing to all different cultures and like it was really cool to unify around that I don't know giving kudos to someone just like making a move and like being a racer is something that doesn't know like a language barrier and so that was like super special as well just to have that like international kudos almost for rowing as it wasn't on my sheet I hope that answers your question no, that was great it was great good job I knew you could handle it <laughs> She's like, I'm mad at you. (laughs) Yeah, but you guys all won races, which is very exciting. So, Maddie, what was it like to – I've never stood on a podium and heard the national anthem, so you guys have all experienced something that I've never experienced. I mean, I've heard other people. No, I mean, that's, like, really incredible. Like, I mean, I will hope I don't finish my rowing career with that stat still true, but there's a very real possibility I will. So, I don't know. Can you guys tell me what it was like? And everybody else. (laughs) Well, there was like a massive difference of 
experience between the qualifier and the actual Pan Ams where when me and Veronica were on the podium for the double. The qualifier, it was it was great and and hearing the national anthem just like gave me chills. But the feeling that I felt up on the podium doing like in the Pan Ams, it was so much more different. And I'm not gonna lie. And as soon as I looked to the flag raising up and I hear the national anthem and there's a clip in the the recap that I'm like mouthing the national anthem and I almost broke my voice. And I was like, I almost teared up. And there was like a lot of times where I turned a game and I was like, no, you gotta be serious. You can't cry on the podium. It's not a good look. But I was, if I could say like one word, it would be like life-changing, especially in my rowing career, because I never had that experience. And I'm just so incredibly thankful to have that experience. That's awesome. I don't think anyone would think it was weird if you were crying. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought it was weird. No, the thing is, when I cry, I ugly cry. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you see me on camera, I'll, like, pull off the most ugliest face in the history <laughs> of my, my life. Yeah. No, that's awesome. It's really cool. It's a really cool thing. I almost cried watching you guys on TV, so. <laughs> to be fair, I almost cried watching Connor do his presentation. <laughs> that would be a different kind of crying. <laughs> no. no. So much <laughs> cried for my friends. Well, I actually, one thing I just would say on that, too. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that, like, I think to your point, too, about, like, all the doubling up and stuff and having to go from race to race, it was such a compressed format. We were only there for 10 days total, practicing before, and then we left the day after racing. So it was, like, it was a short trip. There was a lot going on. There was, like, a ton of moving parts. It was no one would really argue and saying like it was controlled chaos a lot of the time. And so I think that having to like do a quad race or a double race and then go to the next thing, it made it feel really businesslike. But I think for me, like at least in the quad when you were like, cause that was the first race standing up in your full uniform with a medal. And then like when they start playing it and raising the flag, I feel like for me, that was a pause moment where it definitely hit. And I was like, oh, right. Like, it's not like, yeah, you will go to this thing, but like oh, this is happening. Like, this is happening now. <laughs> yeah. Like, you did this, yeah. and they're playing the anthem for the United States of America because you won the gold medal for the United States of America, which saying that to yourself in that moment, I feel I feel like for me it was, it was the pause moment that mm -hmm. you don't really get the rest right. of the regatta. I'm so proud of you for, like, taking that moment. <laughs> no, I'm being well, serious. It was funny. I don't even – I think here's the thing. I don't even think I took it. It kind of, like, snuck up. It just happened. Right, because it was – there was a moment. Veronica, and then – just like finally, what has it been like? Like coming back, like you said, it was a really condensed trip, so it's kind of like boom, boom. But then, like, kind of moving forward, it is so weird to like come back, right? Because you're like, I was doing this thing, and then I come back, and everyone's just like living their lives. So, <laughs> yeah, how's it been? It's pretty, pretty wild. Like, it kind of feels like we were just there. For me, it was really cool to be down there. My family's from Mexico, and it was one of the few times where I didn't feel like. I was, I stood out as much, which I normally don't notice, but when you're immersed in like everyone who speaks a language that I know at home somewhat, and I was like, oh, this is just, I'm just at my cousin's house. <laughs> and that was really cool, especially with the combination of the sport too, that I feel like is experience that I, I'm gonna treasure for a long time. And cause it's not as common to see a lot of diversity in the US. Um, I think there's a lot of good programs and they're working on and stuff, but that was a really cool experience for me. And also my family being there too. Um, it was really good to see them. My mom surprised me. I'll tell the story. Um, 
initially, my parents were thinking about coming down to watch, and they haven't seen me race since college because I'm on the other side country. I'm from Washington State, so it's a long flight. And they pull up to the hotel, and my dad's driving the car, and my mom pops out of the front seat, and I just start bawling. Yeah, it was a really beautiful experience. Well, I'm super grateful for you guys coming on, and seriously, everyone, so proud of you guys. It really was so fun. I I don't know. It's awesome. Makes me happy. So, congratulations. Yeah. Now you know like how we feel when you go off and like do all these amazing things. We're like, that's that's ours. No, I feel like a nobody, just like Veronica. I do, and no one's ever asked me for my autograph. (laughs) Somebody did ask Lauren at a tuxedo. I took a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. Well, thank you guys. I hope that you guys all liked that episode. Had a great time hearing everyone's fun stories. I feel like it was a really fun mix of like serious stuff and things that were really meaningful and important, but also really fun anecdotes and like learned stuff about the regatta and what it meant to um, everyone. Also, I would recommend going and watching some of the racing because it really was all like crazy racing. We didn't really talk about that, but like the races were really, really good races. They were all like very close and very exciting. And the commentators were hilarious. They were like 1,500 meters gone, like 500 meters or where, I don't know. It kept saying the same thing where the heroes come out or whatever. I don't know. Kat loved it. I was like, Kat, you and this guy should hang out. So yes. If you liked the episode, check out the races online. So thanks for listening. And before I go, I'm just going to share the quote, my quote of the week this week, which I stole from uh, Joanna Chang's Instagram. She owns Flower in Boston, and they share quotes of the week on their social media in their uh, shops. So Chad Shug, Sug, I don't know, S-U-G-G said this, love the trees until their leaves fall off, then encourage them to try again next year very fitting for this time of year. So thanks for listening. I hope that everyone has a great week. Bye. I'd love to hear from you. So send us a topic suggestion, or if you'd like to submit a question for our Ask Christy Anything segment, head to our website, theother3years.com.